welcome back again and I give all glory and thanks to God for this evening that we are together. And this evening we have this topic about innovation for, for management and about life, about spirituality, about handling situations around us. You know, as believers, when we've gathered together this evening, I'm actually going to look at certain perspectives that might actually benefit all of us with regard to the current situation that we are in, having just crossed through this pandemic, management with an innovation. That's the topic that we had circulated today. I've just elaborated the topic a little bit to say management with a clear and specific innovation. I mean, I'll just use the pointer so that uh, we will be able to actually highlight a few things during the course of the session. You know, uh, uh, when, I, when, I, when I use the word specific here, I mean, I mean specific to the individual, each one of us connected on this platform, specific to the organization that you are in, specific to the society at large, and specific to the ministry or the spiritual being that we each one of us are connected with. You know, the Lord's been kind enough to take us all through this pandemic and bring us here. But then each one of us is confronting with a different set of problems because things are not the same as they used to be. Challenges are new and we are all facing with new situations around us. But then from the word of God, we've got something to throw light upon. What we are going through versus what the inner vision God expects us to have. Something of a different spiritual dimension that God expects we people who are placed in different cadres of management to execute through our day-to-day -day life, to our day-to-day -day functions, not only in our personal and family lives, but also in the profession that we are in. Now, coming to the, probably the top six leadership challenges that the world is facing today, one of it is about honing effectiveness among employees because most of them are anxious. Most of them are, you know, they have questions. Most of them have a lot of questions about the future, especially if you're, if you're on the top uh, bracket of leadership, you have questions about how the following year is going to be, following month is going to be, how am I going to make my bottom line meet? I mean, this, such problems are they honing effectiveness. Number two, in the midst of such a situation, how am I going to be inspiring other people? I'm expected to inspire other people, but how am I going to do that? Number three, I got to develop my employees. Am I able to do that when I'm unable to run my show properly? Questions of developing employees and motivating them. Number four, leading the team from front without actually having to show them exactly what you're going through. Whatever be the anxieties in you, sometimes you might have to hide them and yet go forward showing a bold front. And number five, being the guiding change in, in a post-pandemic situation like this, where everything is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. We're looking at a situation, how to guide change. And finally, how to manage the stakeholders their questions, their aspirations, and the expectations from us. If these are the leadership challenges that most of us face today, be it ministry, be it family, be it profession, be it business, be it job, all of us are facing that. And as we all know, there are internal and external influences. But today, we are looking at a very different inner vision called the spiritual dimension. What is the spiritual dimension that we are talking about? This spiritual dimension for a believer, a child of God, to pass through this similar circumstance where your colleagues are passing through, but then yet to look at it with a difference. And how did various people mentioned in the Bible look at it? And what is it that we learn from the Bible because of these people who are listed in there? You know, one beautiful insight that the Lord has been dealing with me of late is, look back into your Bible, look at Abraham, look at Daniel, look at Joseph, and look at the various saints who have been mentioned in the Bible. 
the experiences that they've gone through. And then very clearly the word of God had instructed me to look at them as examples for you to emulate during a period such as this. Most of them have gone through a crisis in their lives. And we are going to look at a few of them today and to the very specific points of the crisis that they went through in their life, probably portions that we know, stories that we know. But then there is a deeper vision which is embedded into that. Just like Pastor Johnson was saying, you know, when I was invited to make this presentation to the United Nations a couple of years ago, you know, it was such a challenge for me that from India to be invited to make this presentation out there. And when the day approached for me to make the presentation, there were people from about 80 plus nations. And that's the point at which when I reached the place to make the presentation, they removed the mobile phones from us. They took the wallets from us. They said, if you've got to go in, it's a security clearance that you can carry nothing on you. And we had to hand over the PPTs to a particular desk and then go in to make the presentation. And that's one of those days when I was standing there and calling and saying, God, please grant me grace. Because I felt extremely helpless in that place where I was expected to make the presentation. And then the ambience of the place, the representatives of various nations, the flags of nations and the very stage that you see brings about a particular atmosphere that, that gives you a very eerie feeling actually when you stand there representing your country. and then. We were given five minutes to make a presentation. Just moments before I could actually step on stage, the person sitting very next to me was from another country. And he looked at me and said, you're from India. I said, yes. And he said, I mean, what good can you Indians display out there? You know, it was a very a sarcastic comment that he made. As it is, I'm here perspiring, imagining how am I going to get this presentation through? And he says, what good can we expect from you Indians? Probably he had something against India. I don't know. But then... Those were the moments when I really called upon God and I said, God, I don't depend or trust on anything, not even on my ability. But Father God, this is the moment that I'm waiting upon you because your name be glorified. I went up there. I was given five minutes to present. I presented and when I completed, I didn't know how the flow went through. Thank God for the way that he took, through, took the presentation through. End of it, there was a standing applause and the entire crowd stood up and there was a standing applause after which when I came back to my seat, the person who told me, what good can we expect from an Indian, shook my hand and then he said, I never expected this from you. I said, that is the greatness of the God that I serve. And that day, we were able to make India proud. That day, I was able to share the testimony of how great my God is. It was a beautiful experience for me. A couple of days from there, they invited me to be a, a permanent representatives on corporate social responsibility and even today, I work as an advisor to the UN on that particular subject, which means I want to tell you the moments in life, the opportunities that God provides are given for us to excel in those particular areas so that we will honor the name of God. And he provides for us in the most unbecoming of situations, probably when we think that we have nothing with us. And that's exactly what we're going to see about characters in the Bible. And today, my dear brothers and sisters connected on this platform, let me encourage you right in the beginning. When you're going through pain, when you're going through difficulties, when you're going through anxiety, and when you have questions around you, when your friends have questions, and you find yourself in a situation where they expect an answer from you, but you do not have it, we are going to look at how well our God is able to guide us and how well he's been guiding people through the Bible. And that's not been given as a story for us to read and pass by. But then the real experiences that the Bible shares is for us to take emanate in our life and to receive a similar blessing and to be a blessing unto others. So today is going to be a day for all of us to relook at situations and to understand how wonderfully God can take situations of failure, 
situations that are disturbed and you know circumstances in life that are no good god can actually take it use you and me to convert it into opportunities that nobody imagined would ever be possible and that's what we're coming in let's come into the very first example of provide or providing that's the title that i've used for this particular slide being able to provide i mean could somebody who's actually helping me with the bible reading be ready with this luke chapter 5 please to yeah sure we read that particular portion i'll be grateful is it brother john cherian is it yeah you? yeah i'll be doing that yes yes kindly kindly come to luke chapter 5 and verse 3 and i'll tell you when when you you have to read that yeah so uh, you know the, the it's something to provide when you do not have this is what we need to understand the difference from this person to uphold and expect during your best and worst phases in life uphold and accept means to be ready to do something when you yourself are in a position of failure and to be the facilitator when you yourself are facing that pandemic situation or that post pandemic situation or an economic slowdown or you're going through a crisis on your business front can you be a facilitator in the midst of that now simon peter and team are the people that we are talking about today simon peter and team went fishing and jesus was there preaching sitting on his boat and you know they went fishing the whole night and they caught nothing and this is a portion from the bible which is familiar to all of us luke chapter 5 where the disciples went fishing all night and they came back early morning without a single catch an absolute failure totally desperate about the results that they got and here we see this portion in the bible which takes us through some inner truths providing us some innovations about what can be done in a situation like that brother could you kindly read from verse number 3 to verse number 5 please verse number 3 to 5 yeah luke chapter 5 verse 3 to 8 he got into one of the boats the one belonging to simon and asked him to put out a little from shore then he sat down and taught the people from the boat When he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch yeah thank you brother see jesus is there sitting on simon peter's boat and teaching a couple of people and we've read this in the bible number of times and after he finished teaching you know he said he tells simon peter let out into a little deeper portion and put your nets down there you know jesus knew that they caught nothing but the disciples had not acknowledged till that moment that they caught nothing you know one 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 great thing that happens here is simon peter was in the boat with jesus and jesus was preaching to the people he was quiet all this while he did not say a word but when jesus told him move into the deep and let your nets down for a catch you know simon peter gives him a reply brother cherian could you kindly read the next yes. verse now please the simon, simon answered yeah master we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything hey man look at that beautiful oh, reply look i will let down the nets yeah look at the beautiful reply from simon peter master we worked all night and we haven't caught anything or we caught nothing or we are a miserable failure or lord nothing happened to us last night that means i want you to look back for a moment simon peter is a well experienced person in fishing he's a great fisherman he's got the boat he's got the infrastructure he's got the nets he's got his team with him he's got everything possible and his knowledge his experience tells him where the fishes are available he's been fishing all these years and probably he's never had a miserable day like this and jesus is there in his boat preaching to the people simon is quiet 
And then Jesus tells him, Simon, push the boat down and let your nets down. And that's when Simon opens up to say, Master, we tried everything possible. I used my experience. I used my logic. I used my scientific theories. I used everything I know. And my team used all their skills. We used all the infrastructure, the net, the boat, and the hooks, and everything we have. And yet we caught nothing. But then Simon Peter says one thing. We caught nothing, Master, but at your word. That's what it says in the next verse. Brother, could you read the very next verse, please? The reply of Simon Peter, please. Um, so, verse 6? Yeah, the, the same verse that you read. Can you just okay, read same it? Verse. Yeah. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, uh, I will let down the nets. See the answer. But because you say so, we will let down the nets. That means he is accepting and upholding his failure during his worst moment. That is what I want you to understand here. See, his moment is bad. His team is feeling bad. They've got nothing. They do not know how to source their day's income. And he says, Master, we caught nothing all night. Yet at your word, I will let my net down. The total surrender before God, in spite of all the experience behind you letting you down, in spite of the circumstances and the forward planning that you did, the projections that you did not really working out, all your efforts failing you, and you know that you're standing in the midst of failure. And then here is the voice of God which says, why don't you let the net down? I mean, all you can say is, Master, we tried all night, but we couldn't get anything. But yet at your word, I will do it. You know, that, that surrender of Simon Peter before God to say, Master, but yet at your word. This evening, my dear brothers and sisters, there is a word of from God to you during the situation of crisis that you're going on. And that is the inner voice that God will speak to you to say. He will tell you to put your nets down when he knows that you are in the crux and core of failure. He will tell you to rework on a particular situation when he knows that you haven't got the results that you wanted. You've done all you can. You've done your best. And there's nothing beyond this that you can ever do. But God is actually giving you a word which will sound like a foolishness in the midst of the storm that you're going through. But that's the inner voice. And Simon was willing to obey to that voice. He said, Master, that's your word. Brother, could you read down a few verses? They caught the highest catch ever they could catch yes. during the course of their career. Can you read a few more verses, sure. please? When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish ah. that their nets began to break. Yes. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Amen. Thank you, brother. We need to read a little further. Kindly hold on, brother. Yeah. Verse See, they, they caught all the fishes. Their mm -hmm. boat was not sufficient. And they had to call in the other boats. And they filled the other two boats. And yet... All the boats were about to sink. And that was the kind of catch. Let me tell you, it was a never-before experience for Simon Peter. He's had this failure the whole night. And in the morning, within a moment of obedience, he gets such a big catch that he's least even in the dream. He's never had such an expectation. And here he catches such a catch of fish. And he not only becomes a blessing to himself, but also to other people there. All the empty boats were filled because of him. My dear child of God, this evening, I want to tell you, you are, don't despair in the kind of failures or the downfalls that you're going through because of the present financial conditions or the nature of business that you are doing. Probably the market situations don't look good. Just like that sea, which not yield a single fish. Probably your business is not looking too good right at the moment. Your job is not looking good. Your children's future is not looking great. But here is a voice from God. 
God which comes to you to say, don't worry, my dear child, will you just obey the voice of God? It might look like foolishness and redoing the same act that you did. I mean, you failed at it once, but God is telling you, do it again. Will you be having that accepting heart to do it? That's what I've said, upholding and accepting during your best and worst phases. You see, the best phase for Simon was when his boat was full and he could fill in the other boats. The worst phase was when Jesus told him, put your nets down. And he says, I know I caught nothing. Upholding and accepting, even during your best times and worst times. And saying, God, your word is your word and that is my priority. You know, that's what matters in the life of a child of God. And today, if that person is you, my God is telling you today, receive his word, which is going to be the source, the key to open up the success in your business, in your profession, in your ministry. And be that facilitator. You know what being that facilitator means? Provide your boat. Provide your net. You be that first one. Be the facilitator. Call the other boats and fill it up because you are the facilitator. And But for you, this miracle would not have happened. You are the one who's got to listen to the voice. Receive it. You are the one who's got to execute the obedience. Receive the catch. And then call the people and say, here are fishes. Come and take it because I can't take them all. And you're going to be an overflowing blessing for somebody else to receive. I mean, this is the power of the word of God this evening. And God is going to give that to you. Brother, would you read a little further down? We see the attitude change in Simon Peter. See, he did not jump up when he got that big catch. You know, when he saw the huge catch of fish, a change comes into Simon Peter. Now, that's the crux of the story. Brother, could you read the next verse, please? When Simon Peter saw this, he yes. fell at Jesus' knees and said, ha. Ha. Go away from me, Lord. I am ha. a sinful man. Thank you, brother. That's enough in that Luke chapter 5. You look at Simon Peter. When he saw this catch of fish, he looks at Jesus and says, go away from me. I'm a sinner. He was not overwhelmed by the catch he got. He was not overwhelmed by the people that to whom he supplied those fishes to. He was not overwhelmed probably by the thrill the team that he had. He was not overwhelmed by the capacity of the boat he had. He was overwhelmed by the fact that he was a sinner. And he said, master, get away from me. Now, let me ask you one question. This Jesus was in Simon Peter's boat all this while. He preached on his boat. He spoke from his boat. But till Simon Peter caught the fish. He did not realize that he was a sinner. He did not realize that this is the holy God that I'm talking to you. You know, when that huge catch came, probably the world would have rejoiced. If it was me or you, we would have rejoiced in that big catch. But instead of rejoicing, you see the sorrow that hit Simon's heart. I mean, that is the power of God's word for you today. The inner voice that can speak to you might not react in a manner that the world will expect you to react. Probably when God makes you a blessing, when you receive the blessings, you probably are not going to jump up with the enthralling face of growth that you had in your company or in your business or in your job, but rather you're going to realize who you are. That inner voice will enable you to realize a child of God, you cannot stand before that master. And you know, it's the acceptance of Simon Peter that he's a sinner and master, get away from me because I'm nobody to even stand next to you. My dear brothers and sisters, isn't this acceptance what matters in the life of a child of God? Your God is a God of abundance. Your God is a God of miracles. Your God is a God who can do the impossible to you. A sea which had no fishes. At his word, when you lower the nets, you get a huge catch. It's not the catch that mattered. What mattered is the change of attitude that came into the life of Simon. Today evening, my dear brothers and sisters, this is exactly what God is looking for in you and in me. In you and me. Probably we are the leaders who's got to bring in the success story to our company. We are the leaders who's got to guide our team. Just as the previous slide that I showed a, a little about, which says, you know, we got to inspire others. We got to develop our employees. We got to lead our team. We got to be guiding the change. We got to be managing stakeholders. We've got to be bringing an effectiveness in our organization and in the place of work that we are. If that is you and me, and we can identify ourselves with that kind of a role that we hold, let me tell you, 
much before that role can actually be executed and you becoming a success story out there and saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I got a great blessing, which nobody got during this pandemic. If you want to be that unique person, submit yourself in the presence of God this, morning, this evening, just as Simon Peter did and say, Master, I'm nobody to even stand before you because I know the kind of results that you are going to give me. It's going to be superfluous. It's going to be supernatural and wonderful. My dear brothers and sisters, in the midst of your failure, will you provide your boat? In the midst of your failure, will you lower your net? In the midst of your failure, will you tell your team, let's do it again? Because the master's voice tells me to do that. And in the midst of your failure, will you have an obedient heart to do what the master says with no questions asked? And that's the character of a child of God. And that's what God is expecting out of us today. Probably believers, God is expecting us to say, Lord, I will ask you no question. Doesn't matter what my circumstances, I'm still going to be praising you and trusting you because I know that you will show me the way. And this God is going to tell you where to find that way. You know, one night when I was in my prayers and I was asking God, God, please reveal the secret of why this happened. Why were they not able to catch even a single fish? You know, the very Holy Spirit, sometimes he speaks to you as if he speaks to a friend and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and he spoke to me and he said, Saji, I want you to know that Jesus was there. And God, the creator of the fishes of the ocean, had commanded the fishes to stay away that night from the sea so that not a single fish gets into their net. And Jesus very well knew that these guys are desperate out of failure, that they caught nothing and they've come back this morning without anything. But Jesus deliberately tells them, push your boats a little further down and lower your nets. And Simon Peter then acknowledges, Master, we've tried all night and we failed. We have come as an absolute failure. But at your word, I will do. That's all that the master wants. He wants his children to just come to him and acknowledge, Master, it's not our ability. It's not our credibility. It's not our experience. It's not my greatness. It's not my thinking. It's not my logic. It's not my intellect, Father. I have failed with everything that I possibly have. But Master, I wait for your word. Give me that word and let me do what you want me to do. My dear brothers and sisters, that's the call of God into our life today. This God is calling us to just listen to him, lend your ears to him. And there is a voice that you will hear, the voice you never heard till a little while ago. Probably a voice which will sound so foolishness in the eyes of this, world, of this earth. The people here, the scientific knowledge here, the enlightened people will call it foolishness. But would you be somebody who can submit before God to say, Father, even if it sounds like foolishness, at your word, I'm willing to lower my nets, even though I knew that I caught nothing and I expect to catch nothing. But at your word, I think things will change and I'm ready to do that. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the inner voice that God wants you to listen to, to be a provider in the midst of your failure, to be a provider of your infrastructure in the hands of God at the word of God and say, Master, I have everything empty, but I provide it. I, I, I openly, open-heartedly submit and accept that I'm giving it to you because I don't know what to do with it. But if you tell me, let me do it. And that change which came in Simon Peter, let it come into us as well to say, Master, we are nothing. We are nobody to even stand before your word. But thank you for your grace and providing us with your word this evening. And let's move on to the next person in the Bible, somebody who led by example. And I'm talking about the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. We know the three people who went through the furnace of fire. You know, there is another deeper truth, inner truth that God is giving us from these people. Standing against the popular trend and flow, if it is warranted. Brother, could you kindly, Brother John Sherian, I request you to kindly be ready with Daniel chapter 3, the verses on the screen in red. Verses 12, 13, 19 are the few verses that we are going to read today. You know, standing against the popular trend and flow, 
if it is warranted. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego stood before a group of people or a large multitude of people who worshipped the image created by King Nebuchadnezzar, the golden statue. They all worshipped and fell before it. But these, people, these three people said, we are not going to follow the trend. Rather, we will only worship our God. And it doesn't matter what happens to us. We are not really bothered what happens to our own lives. Hold on to your faith in troubling times, in trying times. Today evening, my dear brothers and sisters, if Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego was only a story in the Bible, it means nothing. It's just like a fiction book. But let me tell you today, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego's story is given in the Bible so that you and I will be able to emulate a similar experience in the place of work that we are in, in the businesses that we handle, in the ministries that we handle. A God expects us to go beyond the normal self. You know, trust in God to establish your way. That's what they did. And be an example which is beyond you. That's exactly what they did. Don't try to be an example of what you can handle, but be an example of something supernatural, something that is beyond you. And that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the three-member team, as I've mentioned in that slide, this three-member team did just something which was so different from other people. Brother, can you read Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 12, please, to begin with, the 12th verse. The 12th yes. verse. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, but there are some Jews ah. who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, ah. Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. who pay no attention to you, O king. Okay. Thank you, brother. You look at verse number 12, and we see a number of people coming and complaining to the king about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And he says, there are a few people that you appointed over Babylon. And these three fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they have not bowed down and worshipped the image of king. So there are people complaining about the so-called believers, about so-called children of God. That means, my dear brothers and sisters today, if there is somebody complaining about you, remember, you are in the plan of God. If there is complaints raised against you, if there are fingers pointed at you, remember, that's the way your faith is to be put to test. If that's happening in your life, if that's what you're going through today, I want you to welcome you onto the path of walking by faith. Because to lead my example, there needs to be a complaint raised against the so-called child of God. It will happen. It has to happen because your life will show that you're somebody different. And God will use your life as an example before other people. But before that can really happen, Complaints will be raised against you. Could you read verse number 13, brother? Now the king gets furious and the king gets very angry because of the complaint that he got. Verse number 13, brother. Yes. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Huh. These men were brought before the king. Thank you, brother. Now see, when the complaint was raised, the king got furious. Don't worry, my dear brothers and sisters. You're going to be put against the corner. You're going to be pushed down the line. You're going to be somebody against whom your boss is furious. Your company is looking down upon you. Things are not okay. Great expectations out of you. You're unable to perform. And people expect you to behave in a particular pattern, which probably is against the faith that you have. And people are expecting you to do something. And you say, I'm a Christian. How can I do that? Are you pushed into a corner like that? Remember, this particular portion in the Bible of Daniel chapter 3 has you in mind when that was written. And that's why that's been provided for us this evening. And I put it up on this slide today to make it much more simpler for you and me to understand. In verse 12, there is a complaint. In verse 13, there is a fury of the highest authority in that place. There is no escape from the fury of a king. But then, as we all know the story, the fury of the king is the very same reason that the glory of God was shown. If you are pushed into the fire, if you are pushed into a corner, if you are accused about, if there is something that people talk negative about you, will you just come to the presence of the Lord and just say, Father God, come what may I will put my faith in you and I'm going to be unwavering. 
nothing can shake me nothing can change me just like shatrak mezek and abednego lord there was nobody to stand with them everybody is against them including authorities and now the king and yet they have nobody and they say we will only worship this god that we know and we will worship nothing else brother could you read verse number 19 now brother it says the rage and expression of the king changed further the king gave them a chance and he said would you now go and worship let me he was very nice to them the king was good to them and said please i give you one more chance go and worship they still refused and you see what happened the very countenance the the the, the expression of the king changed was 19 brother yes was 19 then nebuchadnezzar was furious with shadrach mesach and abednego and his attitude towards them changed ah. he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual his attitude towards them changed and he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more like was never done before a little while ago we saw simon peter went through what he never went through before the first failure night of his life where he didn't even catch a single fish usually a net will at least get one small fish entangled onto it but the bible says very clearly not even one was there such a negative situation now look at shadrach meshach abednego not only are they not worshiping not only is the furnace okay it's bad enough to get into that furnace but here the king gets furious his whole attitude to them changed and he says raise the fire seven times i mean if not as if it was not bad enough now it's becoming worse for them just because they worship a living god and refuse to worship something else probably in your case it's getting bad enough just because you're trusting your god to do something for you and things are still getting worse welcome to the believers pathway my dear brothers and sisters that's the way that the lord works through you and i give all glory to god for this particular path that you're treading if you have questions about why is it getting worse for you and not to your colleagues this evening i want you to be encouraged the one that the lord loves the one that the lord has chosen and the one that is faithful he's never going to let you down you may go through the fiery furnace but you're going to come out glorious because your god will show over you as to who he is and you will be the blessing to that organization that company you will be the blessing to that nation as shadrach meshach abednego were and when we read verse number 23 we see the very big difference that's going to happen there brother could you read verse 23 please and these three men firmly tied wow. fell into the blazing furnace yes and the king gave a very urgent command if you read verse 22 it says the commandment was so urgent that the king said immediately i want them thrown into the fire it was so urgent it says verse 22 and verse 23 says they were all tied down by strong men shadrach meshach abednego three of them tied together and they went and fell into the furnace isn't that brother isn't that the word used there yes that's right they fell into the furnace underline the word fell all of you who are listening they fell into the furnace and i want you to understand one thing they were tied like a log of firewood that they couldn't stand on their feet so that when they were thrown they had to go and fall into the furnace they were helpless to stand on their own legs when three people are tied together but look at verse number 26 brother can you read verse 26 sure nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing fire yes. and shouted shadrach meshach and abednego servants of the most high god come out come here amen look at that shadrach yes, yes brother completely came out of the fire yeah how did how did they come out of the fire brother kindly read that last portion once again uh, it just says shows so shadrach meshach and abednego came out of the fire thank you so much thank you so much brother see verse number 23 says they went and fell into the fire verse number 26 says when the king went and called them shadrach meshach abednego come out they came they stepped out of the fire now let me ask you one relevant question if they fell into the fire and they were tied with ropes how did they walk out of the fire without the rope this evening my dear child very often the point that we miss when we read the shadrach meshach abednego in the bible 
He said, we only see that they were thrown into the fire. There was a fourth man walking with them who looked like the son of man and the king called them and they came out. But you need to understand, they were thrown into the fire bound. And there was a rope around them and they went and fell into the fire because they were bound. But when the king went and called them, come out of the fire, they came out one by one and they stepped out of the fire. What is the magic that happened inside the fire? Let me tell you, child of God, I want you to realize, I want you to understand. The only thing that the fire could burn that day was the rope with which they were bound. Amen. Give all glory to God. There was one rope that that fire could burn, nothing else. And if you read further down, 27, 28, 29, later on, when you have time in your houses, please read Daniel chapter 3. And it very clearly says, all the authorities, elders, generals and ministers and governors came and checked these people out. Not even their hair was cinched. There was not even the smell of smoke and the fire had not touched their clothes. They were perfectly all right as if they had not been into the fire. But the rope is missing. The rope with which they were bound is missing. Today evening, my dear child of God, here is the inner voice for you. If you're bound by a rope, if you're bound by anxiety, if you're bound by doubts, if you're bound by questions, if you're bound by problems, if you're bound by a lack of faith, let me tell you, this fire that you are in is permitted so that you will be tried and tested so that that bondage in you with which you've been bound will be burnt away and you will be untouched. You will be a blessing when you come out of that fire. You know what the king did? He said, this nation, nobody needs to worship that image. I want everybody to worship the God of Shadrach Mesh. That's the reason they were permitted to go through a seven-time higher fire. And a seven-time higher fire in the furnace just means one thing. Your God is greater. That he just doesn't allow you to go through that normal fire. If you worship a great and mighty God, the fire is also greater. My dear brothers and sisters, believers, Christians, I'm calling you to the reality of Christian living for you to know that when God permits you to go through a situation of pain, there is that inner voice which wants you to listen to very carefully, which God wants you to listen very carefully. That the ropes with which you are bound today, the pain that you're going through, the helplessness that you have will be released when you pass through that fire. To you, that fire is a blessing because the creator of the fire is going to change the character of that fire. It cannot touch you, but it can burn the ropes. And the king cannot command it. No creator in this earth can do it. No technology can fight it out. It's the only power of God that can work to such an extent that the minutest detail of burning that rope is executed. By the, by the great and mighty plan of God to the people who stood with their faith in the presence of God. This evening, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm calling you, post-pandemic, during these trying situations, during situations of such great questions and anxiety, when we don't have an answer and yet are expected to manage the situation, let me tell you, the ropes with which you are bound today, where you have no answer, where you cannot move, where you will almost fall into the fire, those ropes will be burnt for you. Remember the fire that you're passing through will never burn you because your master is walking with you through that fire. And he's with you by faith. Let me declare this evening, would you listen to that inner voice? You know, the inner vision that God is giving you to manage better, to specifically manage those areas. Let's come into the next person in the Bible. You know, it's so interesting. This is the picture of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fire. And I mean, it's just kind of a sketch where Nebuchadnezzar is actually calling them out of the fire and they walk out one by one. I just use the sketch as a pictorial representation. Now we come to point number three, which is about endurance. And let's talk about who this is. This is about Daniel and his team. The team with Daniel. The, the team with Daniel is a team that you and I don't expect to be kind like the picture you see down there. The team with Daniel is a few lions. There is nobody else with him. We all know the story of the Daniel in the den of lions that night. And that probably was the greatest night in the life of Daniel. He might have been a great man in a great position. He might have been a man of wisdom, a man with special knowledge and special grace that God gave him to interpret dreams and other things. 
But then the greatest night of Daniel was that night that he spent in the den of lions, which we all talk about today, read about today, and preach about today. But let me tell you, the endurance that Daniel went through. This evening, my dear brothers and sisters, it's a lesson for you and for me from the Bible. Not to talk about Daniel, but to live like Daniel. Let me tell you, standing against the pressures that come against you. Conviction at the cost of life, it doesn't matter even if it's going to cost your life. Will you stand in faith for the glory of your creator who's called you by name? Putting up with the negatives that is around you. Don't worry about it. Will you just endure through all this? Brother, can you come to Daniel chapter 6? And if you can kindly read verse number 13. Here again, we see a complaint about Daniel being taken to the king. Could you kindly read verse 13, yes, please? Complaint again. Yes, it says, Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decrees you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. <laughs> The complaint is he still prays three times a day. My dear brothers and sisters, you will be complained about when you follow your Lord. You will be complained about when you're faithful in the presence of God. You will be complained when as a believer, you try to be faithful in the presence of God. Don't worry about it. The people went and complained to the king and said, oh, king, this Daniel is still praying three times. They were just waiting for, to catch him. In Daniel, the verse 12, it says, they were just watching. And here he opens the window, looks at Jerusalem, and there he's starting his prayers. And they caught him red-handed. And they go to the king and they complain. And the king was worried. But then in verse number 17, brother, could you read verse number 17 now, please? 17 says, 16 yes. says he was put in the den. And 17 says the den was sealed. Can you read 16 and 17, brother? Sure. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Yeah. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the wow. king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that, the, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. <laughs> How wonderful, no? You see, this Daniel's situation might not be changed. There was a seal with the king's ring and the noble's ring that Daniel's situation should never be changed. You will be pushed into a corner. People will all work against you. The entire team will work against you. They will laugh in front of you, but they will stab behind you. If that is the situation that you're going through, let me tell you, the example of Daniel in the Bible is for you and for me. And God is reserved that den of lions for one night. It's not to make you suffer, my dear child of God, but it is to show who your God is. The next morning will come when the king will search for you, when the head of the organization will search for you, when your company will look for you, when your team will look for you, and they will say, you are the one, and that's the God that we want to serve, the God that you serve. And that is the endurance that God is expecting us to go through. Let me tell you the inner voice of Daniel. When he was surrounded by the lions, that was his theme. He, you, you probably expect Daniel to be a very holy man, a very nice man, very noble man, very intelligent man. Yes, he was everything. But there was not a single soul that supported him. And I want you to remember his situation. Not even one citizen of that nation could support in support of Daniel. Everybody was against him. A knowledgeable man, a prayerful man, a man filled with God's grace and a man of wisdom and man governing the nation. Not a single soul to stand with him. If that loneliness is being experienced by you in your ministry, in your place, my dear brothers and sisters, welcome to the path of faith. Welcome to listen to that inner voice of endurance, just as Daniel did. It might be the decree of the king not to worship, 
But then the Daniel opened his windows and worshipped, and that became the reason for complaint. The very reason for your complaint will come because of your actions. And if you see that happening, just go down at the feet of the Lord and continue to worship him, because your God is going to take you through that den of lions. It looks like you're punished. It looks like you're gone forever. The seals of the king's ring and the noble's ring will be there, so that they cannot be reversed. But God will reverse every other seal and bring you out of it into a glorious position. And we see the story ending up in a, such a wonderful way that Daniel's God was the God to be served in that country. The king changed the decree. Because of you, organizations will change. Because of you, visions will change. Because of you, certain strategies will change. Because of you, decision-making will change and management will be given into your hands. For the glory of God, when you're willing to stand for his glory and stand in faith in the presence of God. And that's called endurance. Let's come to the next person because of paucity of time. There was somebody who was awake and aware and I'm talking about Joseph. Joseph, the single man and the team versus his brothers. We all know about the story of Joseph. He was a man who had to be alert and be prepared. He faced the unexpected. There was a behavioral pattern that he had to display through trials. And there was a consistency that he had to maintain through circumstances. He was a modest and an honest man. But then there were times that he was helpless. Brother, could you read Genesis chapter 7, 37? Verses 20 and 21 together, please. He says, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. Huh. Say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we will see what comes of his dreams. Huh. When is, yes, brother, thank you. I think that's only 20. That's okay. Here yeah. is his brothers trying to get rid of Joseph and say, let's throw him and kill him and throw him into that well. Because he's a trouble for us. We just don't want him. Brother, verse number 21, can you read that? Then comes Reuben yeah. there. When Reuben heard this, he yeah. tried to rescue him from their hands. Huh. Let's not take his life, he said. Look at that. When the brothers wanted to kill him, there was one man that God kept in the midst of that, a man called Reuben. He said, let's not kill him. Because Joseph had to be retained for the plan of God to be executed. Could you read verse number 27 also, brother? Yes. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites huh. and not lay our hands on him. Now our there is a change of our brother, our own flesh and blood. <laughs> now there, is, there is a change of decision. The brothers are deciding to sell off their own brother Joseph and telling, let us not kill him so that his blood doesn't come upon us. Let us sell him as a slave. Now he is unwanted. They wanted to kill him in the well. Somebody comes and rescues him, but then they sell him as a slave. And then you see what happens, the change in Joseph's life. Brother, Genesis 39, 7 and 8. Can you read together, please? Sure. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Amen. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Thank you, brother. This is a portion that we all are very, very familiar about. See that Joseph, which was pushed out of the family, the Joseph, which was sold as a slave, comes to work. And in Genesis chapter 39, we find him getting caught. And because of which he lands up in prison, accused of a mistake that he did not do. This evening, my dear brothers and sisters, if accusations are around you for things that you never did, and if you're finding a negativity in your place of work because of somebody else's issues, remember, Joseph went through that. And there is an inner voice you need to be faithful about. Joseph was faithful in God's presence. He did not yield to that sin. And he resisted because of which he was thrown in the prison. And finally, we find in Genesis chapter 42, verses 23 and 24, brother, could you read that as well, please? Yes. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. Ah. He turned away from them and began to weep, but See. then turned back and spoke ah. to them again. Okay. Thank you. Taken Thank away you. From them. In chapter 42, 
After many years, Joseph becomes the governor and his brothers come to him and Joseph did not speak to them directly. He spoke through an interpreter. You see the attitude. That's what I've mentioned, the behavioral pattern through the trials. You see the behavior of Joseph? He turned back and he wept because he knew they were his brothers. He did not react. He did not show a revenge. He was forgiving and he wanted to help them. And he turned back and he wept and then he spoke to them. He used an interpreter because they didn't want him to know that it was him. But then his heart wouldn't let him go. That there was a consistency through the circumstances. You look at Joseph's circumstances. Number one, when he was put into the well, he went through that. When he was sold as a slave, he went through that. When he was accused of a mistake that he never did, he went through that. When he was put in prison, he went through that. And when he was raised as the governor of the nation, he went through that. And when his brethren were there before him, he still went through that in the pinnacle of his success and in the lowest well of his failure. His circumstances, he was consistent before God. It doesn't matter whether it was negative or positive. All that mattered to Joseph was that he was faithful before God. He was awake and he was aware in God's presence about what his life was all about. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the inner voice that we need to listen to. Joseph had an inner voice which he maintained in God's presence. What about the inner voice and the inner vision that you have? Are you maintaining it irrespective of circumstances and situations that you're going through? Do your ups and downs change you? And make you a different person. When everything is fine, do you say praise the Lord, hallelujah, and tell testimony and give glory? When things are down in the dumps, do you stop your testimonies? Do you stop your worship? And do you say, I don't have the mood to worship. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm down. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the innovation that we need to have. The innovation that God is calling us to. Circumstances cannot be a reason for you to render your worship to your God. You've got to be awake and aware of the fact that you were created in your mother's womb. And there is a purpose why God created you in your mother's womb. And that purpose is that you will live for his glory. That your body will be his temple. That your calling will be that you will stand as a servant of God. As a witness to his holy name. Does your circumstance change you from that stand? If that is you, please be ready to look at that innovation. To be awake and aware. We need to look at who wants change and who wants to change. Joseph wanted a change, but then he did not change himself. He was consistent in what he did. His inner self was the same, but then his positions changed from a slave to that of the ruler of a country. This evening, the question is, who wants change and who wants to change? I wish most of us were here to say that we want to change. We need a change like Simon Peter had. We need a change like Shadrach Meshach Abednego had. We need a change that is found in Daniel, and we need a change just like we find in Joseph. This evening, that's the change that God is expecting from us. There is one more person that we need to look at. Look at Joseph as a ruler. The picture on top, Joseph as a ruler in authority with his brethren before him. Joseph in the prison, just a pictorial representation. Joseph being thrown into the well by his brothers. He went through all these circumstances, yet he was consistent before God. And what matters to us today is, are we consistent through the circumstances that we pass through? Or does the pandemic and its negative effects make us inconsistent before God? Let's look back into our own hearts, our own souls. And decipher for ourselves whether we are standing as per the call of God. Are we faithful enough? Finally, comes to the question of dependability. This is the last person that I'm talking about. And it is nothing but Abraham. And we know all about him. The small team, just Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac probably. Nobody else. And you see here the picture of Abraham almost about to sacrifice Isaac. And we know the story about all that happened. But then one thing that I want to over, I mean, highlight out here is overcoming personal negatives. You might be somebody who's 100 years old and yet doesn't have a child. But if God is willing, you to, willing to work through you and give you that blessing, Abraham 
had unwavering faith. And it says, even though his body was as good as dead, even though Sarah's womb was dead, Abraham still trusted God. That God was able to do what he promised. My dear brothers and sisters, this evening, do you have an innovation like Abraham had to trust your God in the midst of your personal negativities? Will you trust beyond your credibility? Abraham said it is not his credibility, but he trusted in the God who promised him and it was counted, it was accounted as a credit into his account. That's what the Bible says. It was credited to him as the father of faith. And he, as the father of the nations, he was given the blessing. What about your trust beyond your credibility this evening? Would you be somebody who will push against the flow? Because when he received the child and the blessing was fine and the child was happy and growing, God calls him and says, hey, Abraham, come here. Now go and sacrifice this child. He did it quietly. My dear brothers and sisters, when you stand in the midst of blessing, like Simon Peter was standing in the abundance of blessing, and that's the point at which he realized that he was a sinner. Abraham was standing in the midst of blessing, and that's the point at which God tells him, go and sacrifice your son Isaac. It was a test of his obedience. Today evening, my dear brothers and sisters, will you be dependable if your obedience is tested during these trying times? Will God find you dependable enough that you will be that somebody who will stand for the glory of God? And finally, conviction and truth at its best. There is nothing beyond Abraham to show for a truthful servant of God, for a faithful servant of God. Brother, can you read Genesis chapter 22, those four verses on the screen? Can you read verse number two, please? Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. You see this, God didn't even tell him where the sacrifice should be done. He said, take your only son, go to Mount Moriah and go and sacrifice him in the place that I will be telling you about. That means Abraham didn't even know where the sacrifice location is. And God tells him, you have to move out of a vague direction. Take your son and go. He couldn't tell his wife, Sarah. He was not a bad husband, but he was obedient to God. He couldn't tell his son on the way. The son asked, father, where is the goat for the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? He says, God will provide. And Abraham couldn't answer his wife who couldn't answer his son. He, he was pushed into that situation. Would you love to be pushed into a situation like that where your faith is being tested, my dear brothers and sisters? Brother, could you read verse number six, please? Yes. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You look at the heart of this man. Huh? He's going to sacrifice his son and he takes the very firewood which is supposed to burn his son and puts it on the son's head and said, now you carry it up the hill. The servants were stopped there. The donkeys were stopped. Only the son and him goes. He carried the fire and he put the food. And Isaac is carrying the wood with which he's going to be burned. Imagine the heart of that father. What a heartless man he should have been. To make the son carry the same firewood with which he's going to sacrifice the son and burn him up. Remember, in obedience to God, he went beyond his ability. That's what matters. That's what I, I mentioned in point number two. Trust beyond your credibility. I mean, it's not how much you can do. It's not what you can do. It's not at what limit you can stop. God can probably test you beyond a little of your own thinking about your limitation, but he will never let you go beyond the limits. But I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters this evening, that God of Abraham is your God today. If he's letting you go to the hilt of, or getting you, let you go through the edge of your capacity, remember, he's a God who will provide for you. And that's why he's letting you go through it. He's never let anybody down. He's always there to uphold you. Remember, you might be pushing against the flow. Your wife doesn't know, your son doesn't know. You as a father have taken the sole responsibility of obeying to God. Are you ready to carry that calling across? You might be pushing against the flow. Conviction and truth at its best. When you come to verse number 10, brother, could you read verse number 10 now, please? Sure. It says, then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Oh. He took the knife to slay his son. Almost there. That's the picture you're seeing on the screen as well. 
He took the knife to slay his son. Just a moment of pause down here. Let me ask you one question, which the Holy Spirit dealt with me a couple of days ago. Look at Abraham through the eyes of Isaac. And would you tell me what a good father Abraham is? When Isaac looks at his father, oh, what a terrible man. He didn't tell me this. He made me carry the firewood. He tied me up and now here is he to cut me. In verse number 10, he took the knife and he was almost there on the child. When the angel of God says, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay your hands on him. <coughs> and then we come to verse number 16, brother. Finally, the last verse. Verse number 16. Yes, brother. And said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and oh. have not withheld your son, your only son, for the verse because you have done this and you did not withhold your only son. You remember in verse number two, God says, take your only son. In verse number 16, he says, because you did not withhold your only son. It, it, it deserved Abraham to carry the knife to slay his son. And that's the point at which God intervened and said, don't touch him. And God gave him the lamb for the sacrifice. Now, will you look at Abraham through the eyes of Isaac? Isaac has got the best father the earth can ever provide. A man who's faithful to God. A man who was willing to give up Isaac, but received the lamb for the sacrifice from God and received the son back as a blessing. And to Isaac, he's the best father that any person can ever have. My dear brothers and sisters, a little while ago, he was a terrible father. But that moment of obedience makes him the best father. A little while ago, Simon Peter was a failure. But the moment of obedience made him the man who was most successful across the fishing industry. A little while ago, Daniel was a failure. But a few moments later, one night later, Daniel becomes a great success. A little while ago, the king's fury came upon Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But a little later, when they went through the fire, they are the most successful ones. This evening, I wanted to remember, a little while ago, Joseph was unwanted. But he's the most wanted one after he went through what God wanted him to go through. Today, my evening, my dear brothers and sisters, the message for you about the innovation is this. God wants you for a higher walking for a higher vision, for a higher rendering of spiritual growth. And he's enabling you to walk through the path of pain sometimes. Receive it with joy and say, God, I just thank you for what I'm going through. I'm not going to complain. And the Bible says, you know, the screen that I'm putting up for you, Abraham did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but rather he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He did not have a son. And just before that, it says he was strengthened and gave glory to God. And you also, my dear brothers and sisters, give glory to God in the situation that you're going through. Your innovation must be one of anguity, ambiguity, which says, maybe, maybe, what should I do? What could I do? It may be one of uncertainty, which says, is it this way, that way, or the other way? Don't worry about it. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, faith is the substance of things not seen and the evidence of things not available. I mean, that's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1. But Gandhiji said something else about faith. And that's the screen that I put as a slide. Faith is not something to grasp. It is a state to grow into. My dear brothers and sisters, the Bible very clearly says, faith is the substance of things not seen or the evidence of things not seen. And Gandhiji, a secular person, the father of a nation says, it is a state to grow into. That means, my dear brothers and sisters, the Bible very clearly tells us in Hebrews 11.1, 1, exactly as what Gandhiji put it, that we need to grow into that state of faith. We need to grow into that state of obedience. We saw about five points. It was about providing. Look at the term out there. Plead, right? That's the term I got when I prepared these slides. You know, first was about providing, which is about Simon Peter. Leading. And then we saw about endurance. About leading was about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Endurance was about Daniel. Awake and aware was about Joseph. And a dependable person was Abraham. It talks about plead. The word comes as plead. P, lead. And probably we are being welcomed into a new reality 
by this powerful saints of God that the Bible displays to us. A new reality that calls us to walk alone in the presence of God if need be. You may be on that snow-clad mountaintop all alone with nobody around you to help. But remember, your God is with you and he's never going to let you down. And let me tell you, let that P plead. The P leadership, it can be a prayerful leadership. It could be a, a, a profitable leadership. It can otherwise be a problematic leadership. This evening, I want you to take that P. I want you to take that P and that lead from the people that we saw about providing when you are in failure, about leading when there is nobody to support you about enduring when it comes to the negativities around you, about being awake and aware of the calling that God has on you and being dependable in trying times. If that can be you, if that is your inner vision and the inner voice that speaks to you today, my dear brothers and sisters, let that inner vision take effect in you this evening. The move beyond the ordinary, let it be yours. The call of God upon your life and my life, my dear brothers and sisters, is to be a witness to the people around. Brother John Sherian, could you finally read one verse, please? Because we and the society, there's one verse I would request you to read. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, please, which is displayed on the screen on top here. Ephesians 2 and verse number 10. That's the inner vision. That's the inner voice. And that's what God has made us to be. It very clearly says you are God's workmanship. That yes. means you and the society. God has placed you in this society. God has placed you with that team. God has placed you with that company, with that ministry, with a purpose that he expects you to execute. And he has prepared that plan well in advance for you to do. And that's what Ephesians 2.10 says. Kindly read that verse, brother. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for each to do. For us. What a beautiful verse, isn't it, brother John? Yes. So we are God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God prepared in advance for you to do. That means this pandemic was prepared in advance. The circumstance you're going through was prepared in advance. All that God wants you to do is have that innovation effect upon you. Move beyond the ordinary boundaries that can stop you. And you impact the society for the glory of God. I mean, with this, I would like to stop this presentation here. But this evening, the very crux of the message that the Lord wants you to have is, do we have the P-L-E-A-D in us? Do you have the character of Abraham, Joseph, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel with us? Do you have the character of Simon Peter in us? They've not been given in the Bible for us to preach about, to talk about, to write about, and not for Sunday school story. They've definitely been provided for in the Bible so that you and I will live according to the call that God has placed upon us to emulate their characters and they're just examples God has provided for them. And we are his workmanship to live according to the plans that he has prepared in advance for us to do. With this, may God bless us. As I close this session, since we're already at nine o'clock, I give all glory to God for this lovely evening and I thank the Holy Spirit for being with us and speaking to us and dealing with each one of us this evening in a very specific manner. And we humble ourselves in God's presence. Could we all close our eyes for a moment as we close in prayer, please? Loving God, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Whatever be the circumstance, Lord, each brother and sister is going through. This evening, Holy Spirit, I commit them to your care. 
because you have great plans for them. And each one of them is your workmanship, created for your glory, created in Christ Jesus. Father God, I thank you for they're going to shine as stars for the glory of your name. Father God, the painful situations, I pray that you will lay your hands over them and grant them a change as you gave to Peter. Grant them a change as you gave to Daniel, to Joseph, and to Abraham. And Father, this day we pray when we're going through the trying furnaces, just as you burned the ropes that bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remove the ropes that are binding them today. Remove the bondages around your children master God and let it be removed by the power of the Holy Ghost in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus I pray for a deliverance upon each one connected with us on this platform this evening Holy Spirit we thank you for your grace and we declare that your presence and power will release them from such situations and enable them to see a new path forward guide them through master let your blessing go with them and you be the guiding force ahead of them let your word lead them let your word be a light unto my path and Lord guide them through master we humbly commit ourselves before you and thank you for every blessing. In Jesus' most precious and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.